What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Diddleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. What's up? We're back for another fun episode. How you doing, Eric? Good. I'm back from Canada. Yeah. And I'm feeling 100% and inspired from my month of travel. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm doing as best I can, which I'll explain in a minute. I want to dive right into this. <laughs> okay. Um, you, you, you teased me before we went to start recording that you had a story, and I'm very fascinated. It's, it's the middle of the night. Okay. okay. Let me paint the picture for you. Middle of the night in Vegas. Middle of the night in Vegas. Um, Anything I don't can know happen in the middle of the night in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. But this is like suburbs of Vegas, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a loud crash. Oh. Immediately, almost simultaneously, the burglar alarm is going off in my oh, house. Oh, no. Piercing siren. If we had a producer, they'd be putting in the wee in the background of this story right now. I mean, I could do that, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Fair enough. Now, again, almost simultaneously, you can imagine this domino effect. The dogs, all four of them, mind you, are going absolutely nuts. Cat doesn't care. <laughs> cat, I don't know where the cat is in this part of the story. <laughs> yeah, probably doesn't care. I went and hit or something. So I wake up in an absolute panic. Yeah. I look to my left. Mm-hmm. Tiana, not there. Whoa, that's scary. Immediately scary, right? Right. However, a little bit of comfort thinking she set off the alarm. Right. She let a dog out or something, forgot sure. to disable. Yeah. That's a, there's a reasonable you know explanation for all this. Right. All four dogs are with me. Uh-oh. Tiana missing. Well, now it's like, where's my wife? So yeah. I, I bust out of the bedroom. And you're not I thinking make... that she went to go explore this on her own. like. No, no. I, I woke up in, yeah. immediately okay. and, and gotcha. in, a, in an absolute panic. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So now here's the, here's the, I don't know if this is funny or not. I'll just explain this now. <laughs> okay. Tiana had been away mm-hmm. for days. Okay. And but when I woke up in the middle of the night, I couldn't figure that out. Sure. Yeah, no, no. She's out of town. Yeah, it's like when you're on the road for a while and you wake up in a random hotel and you're like, "What town am I in?" It's you forget you forget once you're breaking up that rhythm of what's the norm. Absolutely. Yeah. I had no idea. Now I think there's some nefarious something going on. So I I'm looking at all the sort of entry points, I'm looking at windows, doors. I'm like I just aggressively made my way out into the house. No, no, seems to be no breach of any entryways. So mm. I go down and open a couple of other doors that lead to other spaces. Okay, nothing. Now I'm, I'm panicking. I'm, my hands are trembling. I take my phone and I'm calling. Um, actually, not, not the police because there's like a, a security gate which responds very, very quickly because they're right. right here on site. So I call the security gate and i explained to them my alarm's going off i don't know what's going on i'm a little bit panicked it's 4:30 in the morning still dark out and he says do you need me to come and i, I said I, I don't i think i said i don't know where my wife is too uh, he said do, do you need me to send someone to come check the prim, uh, perimeter right i said and as i'm about to say yes that would be great i look and see oh. a giant ball 
A, a piece of decor a ball? that hangs some f- steel ball that hangs some 15 plus feet in the air right. fell to the ground oh. and set off the alarm. Now, I want you to get a, a an idea of how big this ball is. So I sent you some photos so you could see. And we could put these on either the Patreon or social, know, social or something. Yeah. Um, All right, I'm opening up my tech. So I kind of know, yeah, I've noticed these like things before. They're enormous. It's like it's like when you see the statues of the what is it, Atlas, the guy holding the world on his shoulders. Like it's it's a large ball in comparison to the human body. Like um like these wouldn't fit into even Paul Gertner's um, cups and balls routine. <laughs> uh, with the silver ball bearings yeah they're wow. both pretty big they're both pretty heavy but underneath the center cup is the biggest one of all no that's not it that's the biggest one and now it's setting off my burglar alarm <laughs> yeah yeah these are just like yeah little decorative pieces that are usually just attached to your wall how are they even attached to your wall i see it they must be like bolted in but this well one i found out off. they're just anchored to drywall and there was lots of rain in vegas I don't know. Have you seen like the national news going on in yeah. Vegas, by the way? This is related here. Like literally, if you went to like the Circo Hotel downtown, which is brand new, mm-hmm. it was like the Bellagio fountains were coming out of the screen in the sports book indoors. Right. And at the link, you've got that little like waterway tunnel that. Uh, yeah. Is, like, that you could go whitewater rafting in the parking garage at the link. But that's that's nothing new. Right. But like ceiling tiles falling yeah. and like fountains appearing indoors at all these other properties wow. is new. Yeah. So anyway, leak soaked the drywall. These were wow. just anchored into um, the drywall, and one of them came down. But do you see the picture I put? I took a picture of my dog next to it just so you yeah. can see how big it is. Yeah, that's wild. That now, it didn't huge. crack the tile or anything, but now I know there's all this, like, leak damage, what have you. I From 4.30 in the morning for the next, like, eight hours, I spent trying to figure out I got to get the rest of these balls down. Thank God no one got hurt. The dogs right. weren't under it. Yeah. Because that thing good. coming down, I, I, it, it wouldn't be good. So um, I, uh, you can't get a roofing company to come out on a Saturday. No. Yeah, because I'm just picturing the worst case scenario. They all start to fall. And it's like. Right. right? Oh, my God. Yeah yeah. 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 And I have pets that need to be. So I had to like lock up the pets in the bedroom and figure out how I'm going to get these things down. And no roof companies are open. And even if they were, they're probably buried mm-hmm. with all of the rain issues happening with roofs in casinos and homes all over the Las Vegas Valley. So who would you call? Who would I call? Yeah. Um, if the roofing company's busy, who's not busy? I would call, like, one of your illusion builders, like Tom Rubino. <laughs> <laughs> I went with painters oh, because okay. <laughs> they're very comfortable on ladders and they're not painting any houses right now. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that's smart. <laughs> and uh, got them in to got them in to take down the rest of the balls, and uh, the rest is honky dory. But what wow. a scary way to start the day! Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. That is scary. I thought you were gonna say it was like some sort of animal that got through your gate or some somehow. Or, but uh, but yeah, n- giant steel balls <laughs> falling in your house. It's like I don't think they're ever going back up. If no. that happens to you, do you put those back up? I don't think so, right? No, especially if it's decorative. Why do you Why do you need it if it's yeah, gonna be? Yeah, I was kind of anti ball. I guess yeah. you could say my balls dropped. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's an I edit. We're gonna edit that out. Nope, we're leaving it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, um, that's scary. But everything's okay. And uh, what happened? Is Tiana found? Is your well, missing? Yeah, like one? I said, she was out of town this whole time. <laughs> I just couldn't put that together. I think right. I figured it out while I was on the phone with yeah. security. I was like, "Oh my god, I figured out what set off the alarm." Uh, okay, I I am so sorry. No, you yeah. don't need to send anybody. Let me sort this out. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. Bye. Just wanted to clarify for our listeners that yeah, your wife is okay. <laughs> is she's totally fine. She had been gone for yeah. days. Uh, she's getting back. I, I, actually tonight. There you um, go. but yeah, what, oh gosh, wow. I was what so disoriented. Scary... Can you imagine? Yeah. I wish there was like footage of me, you know, running around the house in a panic in the middle of the night. It would be kind of funny to watch, you know? Yeah. I would have taken my baseball bat with me. Like if that right. happened to be, I have a, I have a, um, I got one of those like custom Louisville slugger bats with my name, like my signature in it. And it's just right by my bed. So <laughs> I would have carried that around. That would have been way more intimidating than me running around in underwear with no bat. So with, with, and with four dogs. <laughs> 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 You've got or your pack. small dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if any robbers so. come, they can nip at their ankles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's wow. That's an event. Well, yeah, it's been an eventful week with me and the five pets just, you know, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. living life, you know, wow. trying to trying to not burn down the house. So yeah. it's been good though. There you go. And you're yeah. staying dry, uh, which is uh, unusual for Vegas to have this monsoon that's happening. But has it affected attendance uh, or, show, or tourists still coming out and just being like, what a weird weather we're having in Vegas? Like, are they? Yeah, I are they wonder, soaked? like, I don't I, I, I think rain might even like be good for shows oh, because people want to be indoors. Yeah, like let's do an indoor activity. Like I think yeah. I'm sure movie theaters used to be like busier on rainy days, right? There's like a thing yeah, to that sounds go see right. a movie. So I think it might be the same type of thing um, when mm-hmm. it rains and you know people say, okay, what indoor activities can we do? And shows happens to be one of those. So here's a real yeah, inside baseball question. Okay, because you work with playing cards a lot, did you notice mm-hmm. a difference? in terms of anything with the humidity and the, the, just the way the weather was outside, because you're used to just dealing in dry climate and uh, yeah. like where your slights affected in any way. Yeah, all the, the time. Yeah, if there's humidity in the theater, there are certain moves that um, become more difficult because like, or just different because the cards don't spring the same way or what have you, or, mm-hmm. or maybe they warp a little bit. So yeah, it's the same thing if I go down to, you know, Florida, for example. You'll notice right. it there. And, like, I also deal with the dryness here. I have to use, you know, I've talked about using working hands right? Um, to keep my hands, you know, just a little bit more tacky at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you're always, always dealing with the environment. But there's something in magic called a duck change. A duck change, okay. Yeah, it's a visual change of a single card that you sort of toss from hand to hand. And it's very fast, very visual. And I do it. In the show now, this isn't a move. If you're if you're into sleight of hand and you don't do a duck change, look it up. Like it's a really fun move to it, play with. Now it this turns is into a duck at some point. No, there's a, just a color change. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, I uh, this is not a move I grew up doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn this till like I, I was an adult, till like in recent years. So yeah. it's not something I can do in my sleep. If I've oh, okay. done it since I was yeah, eight, yeah, yeah. I could probably do right. it in any weather, any time. But I right. haven't. So like. Literally, I'm on stage and um, I'm at the casino table and I'm going to do the duck change and the card just isn't changing. I'm springing it from hand to hand three or four times until I just punt and do a different color change. (laughs) And I know it's a result of the Mm -hmm. humidity, but it's so funny. I was like, you know, I said to the guy who was operating the camera, 
uh, Jonas. I was like, yeah, I just couldn't get that duck change. And now he's not a magician, so like he, he doesn't know duck thing. change, but yeah. he knows what I'm talking about. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man, it's the humidity. I was like, ah, yeah, you're right. So funny wow. you should ask. There we the go. answer is yes. Wow. Well, now picture just doing a whole mentalism act while it's raining outdoors, like in Delaware. <laughs> so <laughs> at least you didn't have like pieces of paper just like soaking wet. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, speaking of uh, performances, boy, did I have a good time at FISM, man. I know we talked about the first couple days last episode, but uh, I think the acts got better throughout the week. Can I, can I ask about the lecture that you loved first? Yeah, yeah, no? yeah. Do you want to talk about that, or do you want to talk about that after the break? Let's do. Let's oh, talk about Danny after the break. if it's going to get a little philosophical, I mean, as anxious yeah, as I am, bit. I can wait. Yeah, I, I want to give just, like, the rundown of the rest of the week, because we did have people wondering how it went. I learned a little bit more about Please. the competition and the ruling. Uh, I think, like, you got to get, like, over 80 points to, like, qualify for first place. And yep. that's why mentalists have been difficult to, uh, you know, score. But there was a winner in every category, and they even gave a couple ties for first place in two different categories. And what yeah. happens is at the end of the week on the Saturday, there's a winner's gala, and all the winners perform again. Uh, and you get to see everyone who wins from that category, and then the judges are are able to but not obligated to award a grand prix for best of stage best of close-up they do the same act again they do the same act again and it's different judges or the some of the same overlap same judges i believe yeah i wonder if that's difficult because it ruins the element of surprise i think yeah a little bit and i picked up a little bit more the second time because there's that old adage the first time's amazing second time's a tutorial but Mm -hmm. the winner's gala is more open to you know the general public so people can see you can buy tickets separately so if you weren't at the convention you could actually that's probably the best show to go as a non-magician because you get to go and just see the winners in every category and not have to sit through the acts that weren't as good as the winners per se and also i know there was a couple mornings like one morning i did end up sleeping in so i missed a lot of the stage competition that day um so but luckily none of the winners were from that day so uh you know but if you did miss a winner at some point throughout the convention you get to see them perform in their winners gala so what happened was uh, I gotta say, U.S. We gotta step up our game in the stage competition, but uh, <laughs> we did we did really well in the close up. Um, okay. Uh, Shudagawa came in first for Parlor. Um, uh-huh. Eric Tate placed in third for Cards, which was great. I think I talked about the um, the French guy in the last episode. He ended up winning the Cards, uh, which was fun. And then uh, Simon Cornell won. Uh, he tied for first place in Micro Magic, and I'll just explain. Uh, since there's no video of it, I'll explain what Simon did, and I'll explain what the um, the stage winner did as well. But um, he took a card. Uh, well, he did a, a build change, kind of uh, turning a 5 into a 50 into a 100 first, and then he led into this other piece. Because I read in the rules, you can't compete with just one trick. So you have to do a full act. So I feel like he kind of added that in. I mean, it was still impressive, the build change, but the the piece de resistance was this card thing where he took a card, signed the date and the spectator's name on it, or they wrote their name on it, and then they he cut it into a little rectangle hole out of the middle, then mm-hmm. cut another rectangle around it, creating two pieces of rectangle squares from a card. Did and you then, tell me about this linking cards thing? I don't think I did. Okay, someone did. Okay, yeah, maybe you going. did. 
And then he connected the two, linked the two rectangles, all signed. You can see everything's still signed. Unlinked them, and then he borrowed a ring and then linked the ring onto the card as well. And this is what fooled everyone. He was able to then hand it out for examination. Oh, and wow. Okay. That's the very part. clever. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very clever. And this is a winning act, right? It won Micromagic, and then the judges awarded him Grand Prix as well for close Oh, up. wow. Yes. So he, I was trying to do like a medal count, like the Olympics, like to be like, yeah. all right, we got two gold, one bronze. And then I was like, when he won the Grand Prix, I was like, that's like 10 golds there, right? Like, <laughs> that right, bumped right, us up. right. Now, I got to explain, the the moment I saw the stage act, um, he was in general magic category, perform, I knew he was going to win Grand Prix because it was by far the most astounding act I have saw. Just the paper airplanes? No, even oh. better. But it, there isn't paper involved. There was a cool, like, paper airplane manipulation act, and then he made, a, like, a, 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 an airplane appear. Uh, he was, was it a, very like good. A pap- like a giant paper airplane or a plane? It was like a plane. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it was like a prop plate. And this was in wow. the manipulation category, or maybe it was general ma- magic category, because I think mm-hmm, once mm-hmm. you add a plane to it, it's no longer just manipulation. But <laughs> are, th- are there any illusions at all? There I know are. You just mentioned the plane. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, there was two illusion acts, which I was like, if you're going to compete in a category, you only got one other person as competition. <laughs> so right. um, there was an amazing, uh, I believe he was out of Germany, but he sort of did this Vitruvian man kind of picture and uh, like a laser cut through him and then the whole thing like separated so it was like a standing buzzsaw type illusion and it was incredible and then everything gets put back together and he walks straight out and it's like how are his legs detached and how are they it was really gorgeous and i i think he won first place yeah of the and the other one won second place yeah that's how that worked (laughs) (laughs) but there was another could have been the third best illusionist in the world had you entered yeah, I think so. Well, no, because they don't have to award anything, right? They, they can say no right. one wins first. If right? they didn't get enough points, they cannot award first place. Right. Uh, but there was another illusion act. I think I sent you the video, and I found out recently there they've also been on Fool Us. Uh, Rameau and Alegria, they, do, they did like a comedy illusion act, but they submitted under the comedy category. So they could have probably uh, – I mean, they came in second in comedy, so I guess it worked right. out for them. But um, – they had an amazing uh, metamorphosis where the, the trunk that they go into collapses and then stands on top of the guy. She stands on top and still does a metamorphosis and transforms. And it was one of the most unbelievable things I saw. I think I sent you the, the you clip of it. You did send me a video yeah. of that. It was really, really It felt really very cool. familiar to me, so maybe I did see it on TV. Yeah, maybe you did see it on mm-hmm. Fool Us. Now, mm-hmm. what was interesting about this, um, this uh, spoiler alert, the, this guy I saw win General Magic also won the Grand Prix for the stage. I know he's been uh, offered many times to do this act he was working with on TV, but he specifically turned it down so it would debut at FISM. Hmm. And I, so I, I imagine he'll get lots of TV offers after, especially since he won the top prize for stage. Uh, so look out for it. His name is Laurent Piron from Belgium. And uh, apologies if I pronounced that incorrect. But I'll try and describe it as best I can because okay. he's uh, uh, stage opens up and there's this like inventor's workshop and he's trying to put these like cardboard boxes together and it's not quite working. And he looks over at his plans. And the plans start to crumple up on the, the wall. 
They drop onto the little workbench, scooch across the bench, rappel down using like a tape measure, and then it's on the ground, and it's this piece of paper that becomes to life and starts animating <laughs> and like it even like stands up and then like the two corners of the pages like sort of act as the arms for this it's like very pixar it could have been its own pixar short and he starts like wrestling with the plans and he crumples them up and he throws them into a little cardboard box and it pops out of another cardboard box on the other side of the stage and then he and does this it is again. like silent to music yeah silent to music mm -hmm. and uh there's a moment when it's like crawling all over him it's going through his legs he even has a long tube of cardboard that it, it it travels through so you're like there's no way this can be attached to anything this is just like a you know a piece of paper that's somehow alive and then um he puts it in a jar and it starts moving in the jar and it's pulling him in different directions it's even levitating him off the ground at one point and then it uh vanishes from the uh the jar in a puff of smoke and realizes that the plans have been upside down this whole time, and it even like helps him grab a light bulb. And it was just like so whimsical and so impossible and just so delightful. Like the little piece of paper had this personality, and even so that when everyone gave him a standing ovation, and rightfully so, the paper started to clap and it started to bow along wow. with him. And we're just like, what is happening? Right. <laughs> So it was very well deserved that they won um, that the, he won the um, Grand Prix for stage. So. Inanimate objects coming to life like that really is just so like moving in a way if it's done right, right? Yeah, these um these competitions part of like uh, you know we talked a little bit about you know competing in art, but like the fact that it's creating these original pieces and all these acts now have like you know a 10 minute stage piece they could do all over the world pretty much you know it's really fascinating to see and i had such a fun time at fism that now i'm like i should go and i think you should also go to italy in 2025 i saw that it's gonna be in italy <laughs> i think you would actually love this convention i think it'll be why wouldn't i exactly yeah so set the time put you got advanced notice block it off matt it's hard. It's hard to do. Come to we'll come to Italy. There yeah. was other Vegas acts there performing, Matt. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> uh, fantastic stuff. There was also great lectures. Um, Max Maven hosted a bunch of history lectures talking about the history of the art, which was great. And he had a great and a very emotional interview about you know his career. Uh, and it was really good to see Max. He was uh, honored with a special FISM award in the closing gala um, to uh, applause that would not die down. So uh, it was really, really good to see him there. I also went to a talk about um, Eugene Berger's books, which you were toting here on the podcast. Did he perform anything from the books? He performed a little bit, but not much. Uh, Larry like Haas. What, what bits? Um, I got to check my notes completely. The spot card, I know, was one of them. Spot card, spot card. What is that? Oh, uh, it's the the take on the old three on one side. Oh, okay, six that must other. be in the book that I haven't read right. yet because I've only read one of them, and I'm you know in the introduction of the other. So what I found fascinating, and Larry, I don't know if it's in the book, but he said there were two caveats um, that he to, didn't meet. Right? He had to. No, he did meet. He did meet him. Oh, okay. But uh, the first one was uh, Larry could not release uh, Eugene's material until after he passed. So yeah, that be one he achieved. Yeah. Posthumously. And the other one is he couldn't tell people he was working on it. 
other than a few like insiders that were helping with crediting and you mm-hmm. know obviously Eugene and him spent time together going through all his final material right uh, but the reasoning was found interesting was because Eugene said I don't want to be talking about this book for the rest of my life right <laughs> You know, which is a great line, uh, but it also makes sense because, you know, imagine him being at magic conventions and just people being like, when are, when is your book coming out? Meaning, when are you going to die? Which is really, like, morbid. But, uh, right, but right. Eugene loved the idea of having this kind of, like, I'm speaking to you from beyond because that was kind of his whole aesthetic, right? Well, I just read yesterday, I started reading the intro of the first book, and there were some sort of uh, requests that he couldn't meet, too. Oh, interesting. Like, just for example, uh, he, like, he wanted the second book to be a complete surprise Uh it just to just come out like two or three years later Mm -hmm. like as if literally from beyond the final secrets one um but for whatever reason like there were certain things that just weren't feasible like he you know that he couldn't do that and then also eugene was like really um adamant about the books not being too large so that Mm -hmm. they don't just like collect dust on a shelf but like they're like convenient and easy to like travel with and read which the books are, he, Larry says, definitely ended up being larger than Eugene would have liked, but that's why there are two books. Right. Well, once they started <laughs> yeah. talking about the material he had left, they realized, oh, it's got to be two books. Cause yeah. Was, there was a yeah. lot. Yeah. So. so. Well, let's. Yeah, you um, make compromises. You mm-hmm. want to jump over to riddles and trivia, and then we'll talk more fism after that? Yeah, I got to hear about the lecture that, yeah, uh, absolutely. that you went to. Let's go to Diddle Me This. Diddle Me This. Diddle me that will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles. All right, here we go. This is uh, it's in the uh, first person, this riddle. So we'll try it. Uh, we traveled the sea far and wide. At one time, two of my sailors were standing on opposite sides of the ship. One was looking west and the other one east. And at the same time, they could see each other clearly. How can that be possible? How can uh, that be possible? Uh, mm. Let's hear that one more time. Sure. We traveled the sea far and wide. At one time, two of my sailors were standing on opposite sides of the ship. One was looking west and the other one east. And at the same time, they could see each other clearly. How can that be possible? Any thoughts? Any initial thoughts? My fam- initial thought is a reflection of some kind. Are you uh, are you familiar with uh, sea traveling? <laughs> not particularly. You I'm not a salesperson. A sales a salesperson. Sail sailor. Sailor. Yeah. Salesperson is a whole different thing yeah. and spelled differently. I that's, guess. Huh? That's selling the ships. <laughs> 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 we can pretend these are pirates if you want to be well, fun. Well, <laughs> in case there was any doubt, clearly not a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next time anyone who listens to this is on a sailboat, just be like, well, I guess I'm a salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> Title of the episode. <laughs> I'm a salesperson. S-A-I-L. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a salesperson. Uh, all right, so you're thinking of reflection. But if one's yeah. looking west and one's looking east, what is it reflecting on? Yeah, that's the thing. So like mm-hmm. the sky. There's like it, it's not feasible that there are like mirrors on both sides of the ship. Yeah, you uh, got those ships that just like, you know, have mirror walls on either side. I don't think so. <laughs> reflecting the sun cuz that seems safe, especially Wait a minute. Oh, wooden... wait. One's looking west and one's looking east? Yes. Okay. There is no it's not a reflection then. Correct. Okay. 
Yeah. So like <laughs> literally, they're just standing looking at each other. They're ne- they're one. Yeah. One happens to be on the eastern side. One's on the west side, and each mm-hmm. one's looking at the other. Can you diagram this? I want to make sure. Yeah. You get so the this. guy on the far <laughs> east side of the ship is looking west. <laughs> yeah. He's looking across the boat. <laughs> Yes, yeah. you would think the the riddle implies that they're looking outward, staring off into the distance, which they are, the but sea, through the boat, like, but kind of. They're both facing the mast of the boat, per se. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. So they're yeah. literally just looking across. You can see that was a good one. Yeah, it's a fun one. So I'm gonna give you that one. Boom. Uh, and let's um, jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, pressure. Pressure, trivia, pressure, trivia time. I think this is a difficult one. Okay. And it's I'm different. Ready for than, a like, it's not the same exact question we've done before. Okay. Um, but it's in the same vein. Sure. That's I'm a re- pun only if you know what I'm about to ask. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't wait uh, to hear the question to get the pun. <laughs> It's loosely related. Okay. What's the heaviest organ in the human body? Oh, the heaviest is the key word here. And same vein. I see what you did there. (laughs) Um, I think I know this off the top. Oh, let's see. Now, you do recall that we did a previous question that was similar. Of the largest organ, and that is your skin. Now, I'm wondering if we pile up your skin if it's also the heaviest so so just to be clear you weren't thinking skin initially when you said you had an idea right yeah oh okay okay interesting yeah um because yeah famous, i don't want this to feel like a trick question like yeah no i mean famously from like what jerry Maguire, the, the little kid is like the human brain weighs what eight and a half pounds is that i have true? no idea <laughs> I've oh, never seen Jerry Maguire. Yeah, I could have that. Is that quote the little wrong. kid from Sixth Sense or a different kid? That's a different kid. Okay. This is Jonathan Lipwicky or whatever his name is. Okay. And that's Haley Joel Osment in Sixth Sense. I, gotcha. Both not kids anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the trivia. Nope. I would say, well, well here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. How much does your intestine weigh? And that's a large. Ah. Do you want the choices? Well, yeah, give me the choices. Brain. Okay. Liver. I'm sure I have the poundage wrong for the brain, by the way, because it's estimating, and we all know I'm bad at that. But go. <laughs> brain, liver, skin, heart. Okay, so intestines not there. How heavy is your heart? Is this with or without blood in it? <laughs> like, I don't know these. Um, hmm. Told you it's a tough one. It is tough. I still want to say... Well, skin is the largest. Maybe that just adds up. I'm going to go skin again. Huh? I'm going to go skin again. It is not skin. Ah. Uh, Brain, liver, heart. Let's go brain. It is not brain. Whoa. Liver, heart. Let's go heart. It is not heart. I got him. Wow. (laughs) Well, it all depends on how much you're drinking, really, right? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow, the liver. day of trivia. Wow. I think that's the first time in history that's happened. That I, yeah, went through every other option? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of had a feeling you were going to when you really weren't paying any attention to liver. You gave it no love from the get-go. Yeah. All right. Well, you got me, Matt. That was a tough one. How many episodes did that take? 
We're on 108. 108 episodes, and finally we got no it. clue. No clue. <laughs> finally, a true stump. Because before, I true mean, there's stump. been a couple yeah. occasions where it's been incorrect, but like your backup answer was usually kind of right mm-hmm. there. I mean, mm-hmm. this is good. I and like that, it. But now I know for the future. I know. See, that's the problem is you're going to log this information and you're yeah. going to know it now. So you're saying an easy way to lose weight is just get rid of my liver? <laughs> and Yeah, that would be the fastest. Faster not, than your skin, heart, or brain. Let's not take medical advice from this podcast. <laughs> you don't have to tell people that. Yeah, yeah, people know. They, they know that. Um, Matt, we have a mailbag. Do you want to get in the mailbag real quick? Oh, sure. Let's do that. Let's jump into our... I got the song here. The mailbag. I've got mail. Now, we had one person take us up on our uh, our offer from last week to submit a magic biography. We're talking about Rob oh, Zabrecki, yeah. right? And we we're saying uh, that uh, you should uh, explain in a, you know, a few paragraphs how you want to be perceived by your audience. Oh, and, wow. That, this is cool. Okay. This is exciting. And our good friend Rob writes in and says, this was fun to think about on my nighttime walk. Thanks. He goes, Rab Balchunas is a literal idiot who doesn't understand the directions or understands them too well. He is simultaneously unaware but incredibly self-aware. So I think this is a meta response to the assignment itself. (laughs) Um, But also, if you've seen Rob perform, sort of explains his character as well. So he not only not understood the assignment, at the same time, he understood the assignment, which is confusing and strange and weird and amazing. Very meta. And it fits Rob. So if you want to uh, continue to think about this t- subject, one, I recommend getting Rob Zabrecki's um, book, The ABZs of Magic. I think uh, I'm going to get that. Yeah, because he, he did a whole lecture at FISM, too. I wasn't able to pop mm-hmm. in, but I heard it was great, and he went through each of the letters as well. Um, and he, uh, oh, he, he, by the way, he did this gala show. He was hosting the gala show and it was the Rob Zabrecki hour. And it was so fun. It was this weird kooky talk show. Have you he, seen him perform before? I saw him in Chicago. Just the time when you hung out after and went to Yeah. Dinner. And I that saw like li- little pieces uh, yeah, before yeah. that. But you know, mm-hmm. when, when people just give him creative control and he takes over and he has this very clear aesthetic. He even had um, this cereal box made of Zabrecchios, and it's like he's got fun little jokes on it, like, you yeah. know, like uh, balanced, uh, unbalanced breakfast and all these kind of things like that. Just fits his aesthetic. So definitely, I recommend getting the book. Uh, I'm gonna. And then also, if you want to write in as well, if you want, if you're a performer and think about this question on how you are uh, perceived as your audience and what I want to write try- one. If you're trying to, yeah, we tried to like give you the bullet points last time, Matt. Right? Yeah, yeah, but I'm gonna get the book first, and then yeah, then maybe I'll try to write one. Um, did but, you uh, did you read yours last week? I can't remember I, now. I kind of gave a general vibe. You did of it my, on the fly. Did it on the fly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I think with more intention, it's sitting down and writing one might be a good idea. We too. should both do it and like read them here. Yeah, there we That'd go. Cool. If you want to write yours and send it to us or any other questions, you can write us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. On um, to FISM, Matt. Well, yeah, so I've been telling you a long time because I started studying a lot of Danny Duratti's work over the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I've been telling, I've been saying, you know, kind of raving to you about it. Right. And uh, I really didn't know 
you know, if it was going to be for you or not, you know, we, we like some of the same things and, right. And then have differing opinions on certain things. You know, it's not, everything is for everybody. Um, but I was so happy when you said how much you loved the lecture. Well, I'll tell you the first thing. I went in. You were like, "Can you pop into this lecture? He's got a he's got a book. Can you pick up the book since I can't be there?" So I picked up the book for you, and then thank you. Midway through the lecture, I got up from my seat and bought another one for myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you actually you purchased it before the lecture? Oh yeah, they had a little table just like ready to go as you're okay. walking in because it was okay. a limited limited book. Right, right. Okay, so you went over there right away, picked it up. Mm -hmm. Not only that, I found out there's inserts with downloads in it for like hundreds of hours of, you know, workshops and lectures and stuff. So it's a good deal. So I'll have to Um, get that to you at some point. So we're watching. Were they were they were like, why are you here again when you showed back up to purchase another book? Oh, no, I dropped your name the first time. I was like, oh, did you? This is for Matt. And, and I think uh, I got a I think I got a yeah. text message from the guy who sold it to you. Yeah, whoever's behind the table is like, oh, we love Matt. Matt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, uh, we were watching. I went with a couple friends and we were watching the lecture. And it's you know late night. It was like eleven o'clock or something like that. And uh, he's uh, in his element. And we're watching. And he's not explaining anything until the second half. But we're this just, is in the lecture. The first half was all performance. It was all performance in the first mm-hmm. half. And, he's and just you, like, everyone's just getting fooled left and right, right? We felt like kids again. We were just <laughs> looking at each other and just jaw dropped. Like, what is happening? And yes. He's, he's got this style that's so casual. I know. And he's just kind of like singing to himself. I won't, I won't do the accent, but he's like, shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's kind of singing and everything's kind of hand. Everything is hands off right so it seems it turns out right. but it's just right. the psychological elements and the casualness is like he does uh he did a piece in the lecture that it's like the holy grail amongst magicians the an acan yes acan right is um any card at any number and traditionally what happens is uh someone names a number and someone else names a card and they deal down to that number and that card is there impossible stuff magicians love this effect myself included i mean i don't necessarily perform it ever but i practice it and i do different versions and I, i love it too but you know magicians are obsessed with this now i won't go into the details of how this one works but this is what we saw in the performance he had someone he was borrowing decks from everyone. He's like, who's got a deck? Who's got a deck? Right? He's yeah. Never working now, with his own deck. I hope I know the met. I, I, because I've studied so many of his mm-hmm. acans, but keep going. And I, it probably right. still would have fooled me. Right, right. So he's having someone shuffle the cards. He's telling them to move some cards from the top to the bottom. He's like, name a card. They do. Name a number. They do. And we're all expecting this person, this participant, to then count down in this deck to the card. And he goes, no, 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 no. Not that deck. This deck that's been on the table the whole time that he has not been near and no one's touched. <laughs> and now, were there he, a lot of decks on the table, or there was like just one deck sitting on like the table? This is like one table point? sitting on the deck. One deck. And he's just like, no, no, not the one that's in your hands. This one. That's the only one on the table. Boxed has, or unboxed? I don't even remember. Okay, it doesn't it's matter. Just off, it's clearly yeah. isolated. Yeah, and he just has the person closest to it very clearly yeah. down. And then the next card is that card. It's unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> we were flabbergasted. Wow. Now this and this very well. Did he close with that? Did not teach it or? Uh, he taught it. Oh, he did. Yes. Well, <sighs> the thing is, and I won't go into the specific methods. We're not sure. a methods podcast here. Uh, but um, 
what fascinating to me is the psychology that he has involved in his work. And well, that's the thing. I'm already imagining as you're telling the story, I'm imagining that you're telling me an inaccurate representation of what happened because he knows mm-hmm. how to make memories forgotten, never yep. become memories at all, mm-hmm. uh, like create false memories. He knows how to do all of that. Yeah, Danny Doherty is. I've never seen him actually work as you know before. I've heard the name. Right. I heard he's great, but right. seeing it live and then having that little like memory lapse that he's all designed from his wording and his style. No accident at all. And I'm curious because I, I, once I play with some of these ideas, I'm curious. You know, he's so ingrained into his style. It was like to see other people try and take these ideas and see if it's as effective, you know, with his <laughs> with their personality and their, you know, turns of phrases. Uh, and just to go into a little bit, he has this whole theory about punctuation and how it's uh, how different phrases we say in our language can be asides, like kind of in parentheses or yes. questions or exclamations. And what those do are they create different reactions and different things that are more important in your memory and less important in your memory. And so right. you, when you're remembering things back, it kind of is washed away. The stuff he wants you to wash away gets washed away. Right. <laughs> and the stuff he wants you to remember gets remembered. It's almost like a hypnosis trick. It feels it's like. unbelievable. Yeah. I'm so glad that you could uh, appreciate all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm were there any other effects that. that were like, you know, worth mentioning in, in that or? I mean, just at the start of the show, he just did over and over again. He's going through the decks of cards and says, pick a card so cleanly. And he's like, king of clubs. They flip it over, king of clubs. And just did it 20 times with different right. cards, you know? Two magicians. <laughs> yeah, two magicians who know how that stuff usually works. It's right. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm assuming that Akan used methods that I've told you about like him using that's the thing is like the methods are pretty simple and bold it's just you don't ever see them happening <laughs> so and, it's great. Uh, and he was recognize- Go ahead, he was what? honored with another special award as well like a lecturer innovative uh creative award uh, right in the gala i think i sent you some photos of him getting his award as well now he did a close-up show too mm-hmm. and that was a little bit harder to um to to it wasn't as uh wow because we're being right there in the lecture we were so close and a close-up show at fism is not a close-up show (laughs) well what about the lectures how many people are at the lectures um there was probably like oh that lecture was probably like only like 80 people or so oh okay i see i'm picturing all bigger than that right they were all smaller because especially being late at night and he did a workshop too so i don't know how many people yeah multiple lectures twice and you gotta do the same lecture multiple times and stuff right but this workshop was like you could pay extra and have like a three-hour session with him and yeah so i didn't see that but his close-up show is not a close-up show. It's people literally in bleachers in the close-up room, right? So it's not it's like, as yeah, intimate. It looked like the close-up room at FISM is larger than most Las Vegas theaters, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like a couple thousand people. <laughs> right. Seriously, it's what it looked like. I yeah. think it might have been. And it was going opposite the uh, sound check in the room right next door for the stage gala shows. So it was uh-huh. a little, little harder, but it was still impressive. And he ended with this piece that, like... He was trying to get someone to to pick a card, and it had to be that card because every other card in the deck he ended showing up being like the Queen of Hearts, Queen of Hearts. Everything yeah, was so Queen that of was, Hearts. Um, yeah. Did you recognize that effect at all or no? No. So I actually performed it. Oh, did you? Or at least a version of it. I thought maybe you'd seen it, but maybe not. Um, I might have been like switched to like the wild card thing that I'm doing now. Mm. Um, but in Casino Night, I was actually closing with 
that essentially. Oh, I didn't. I never saw that version. I yeah, it was like the, a spelling trick, yeah. right? Yeah, right, right, right. You can say any cards, even lie to him, and it didn't yeah. matter. And then did the like, method? Did it fool you? Yeah, I have no idea. Extremely fooling. Yeah, I'll <laughs> never forget when I, I was doing it in the show, and magicians would come up after and be like, "Do you have someone in the table?" Right, right. <laughs> uh, what? A, well, that's really cool to hear. Yeah, um, great effect. I haven't done it in a while, but it's so strong. And it's funny too because like, um, watching a video, someone posted a video of him closing with that online, and like, it's so much better when he does it. It's, it's so great. You know, and I did it for a while. I did it for maybe mm-hmm. fifty to a hundred shows, and like, you know, did it in my own way. And but still, watching the way he presented it, I was like, yeah, no, it's just. He's just, he's just, he's got it. Now, when you were studying Danny, I imagine it's very hard not to like copy his exact wording and mannerism and style and even accent sometimes. (laughs) It's hard not to, but at the the same time, it's impossible to copy. Right, Right, exactly. exactly. It would sound ridiculous if I was speaking in, you know, his his uh, tongue, his broken English, essentially. Uh, Of course. And it's one of those things we always talk about is like when you're trying something new, it's good to like, you know, you try on your idols first and then you find a way to move away from it, right? So that's a good lesson, especially when you're learning a new technique. Like learn it the way it's done by mimicking it. Don't go out and perform and charge money for it when you're still mimic in that mimicking mode. But, you know, use that as a bouncing off place to solidify those techniques and those methods first and then get it into your bones and then your own personality and your own taking you know kind of spar off of that right a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent uh and like especially with his type of work where like rhythm is important and cadence is important <laughs> right it's like well well then how do i say that sentence how do i phrase yeah. that in a way that like sounds like me <laughs> you right. know but right. like so you almost have to do it as similar as you can right um in the beginning, like you said, not for, you know, not for professional performances, but um, in practice, essentially. Yeah. And in, I, in, you know, for me, that's like, you know, backstage doing it for people or wherever I have the chance to. And um, then you kind of let it evolve into once you're comfortable with the techniques, then you apply them to yourself. And honestly, that's what I love about most of what uh, Danny teaches is that he teaches techniques more so than tricks. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, the ACAM was cool, great. But, like, the principles in it, you could use for literally things in your show right now. That's what I'm excited to experiment with is, like, the psychological elements and see what, like, wordings and phrasings can help me even in my mentalism show so that different processes are forgotten about and then making things, you know, even more impossible in your memory going home. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen the lecture you were at, obviously. But, like, I can guarantee you the way that card was named – yeah. There's a use for that in your show. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And like you could use it multiple times. It doesn't have to be just once. You could use mm-hmm. it throughout the show in ways that just feel like what? <laughs> yeah. Well, before I'm we assuming. get too far away from that too, that other point is I just want to drive that home is um with in terms of trying on your idols. I feel like there's I see performers take two extremes and they don't realize like uh there's the one where they're like, uh, which is good. I think a good motivation to be is like, I don't want to copy what anyone else is doing because, you know, originality and the things we're always touting on this podcast are so important that they will, even in the rehearsal process, try to get away from copying someone else of what they're doing. But mm-hmm. that's not get, doing them a service when they're learning a new technique. 
But then we see the other end of the spectrum where they never get away from that rehearsal phase and they're still mimicking even in performances. And that's right. the part that we always try and call people out on, you know. Right. So I think, you know, find that middle ground, find that, you know, rehearsals, it's OK to, you know, just learn it as is and, you know, get the moves. And so I just wanted to make sure that points there. And, you know, you don't have to be on both extremes of that spectrum there. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you have to sort of in the beginning you have to especially when you're talking about technique. I think you have to mm -hmm. aggressively mimic right, right. The, yeah. the actual technique, aggressively mimic it and and adopt it and play with it, and then you'll learn. Okay, these are the parts that need to be done this way right. in the technique. Mm -hmm. Okay, this part has flexibility, but this needs to happen at this time or it doesn't work. <laughs> right? Like we always compare it to other art forms. It's it's. It's your etudes uh, when you're learning piano, right? You're, you got to do the correct fingering of the scales and going up and down and finding that technique. And you're literally mimic. They're telling you which finger goes where. Uh, but then as you, you know, find your own style or when you're composing music, you can maybe find options. And then those options become your personality of which ways you prefer and, and how you like to do things. And that human element comes back into it. But that's only once the technique is mastered. Yeah, playing with the technique, understanding what needs to be done a certain way, and then where there's flexibility of like, okay, now I really understand this technique so much, I can change it in this way, and I know that it still works. Exactly, yeah. Right? And it's like coming up with a joke, too. Sometimes you're trying to whittle down words, and like you almost get to the point of breaking it where it doesn't work, yeah. and then you know to step right, one, right, back exactly. one, one step. You know. <laughs> right, and understanding why it's working helps you understand what you can and can't do with it. Yeah, yeah. Same exactly. thing with the joke, right? I mean, if you understand why it's funny, mm -hmm. you can very easily make sure it continues to be funny, even with changes. Exactly. But if exactly. you don't know why it's funny, you could very easily... I mean, this goes back to character, too, and, and understanding your persona. Like, if you understand mm -hmm. what's likable about you on stage or what works on stage, then it's easy to sort of channel that. But if you don't know exactly what your brand is, what your persona is, it becomes very difficult to like not stray from it sometimes. Right, exactly. Right, and like yeah. not realize you're doing things that are completely like don't really jive with who you're portraying yourself as or who you are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think so. Yeah. But yeah. if it didn't make sense, please write into my <laughs> magic podcast. <laughs> at gmail.com uh, yeah so great I think I really enjoyed this convention and um, you know Max Mave was saying this is the one he kind of highs and highest uh, holds in highest regard because of that competition aspect and is truly international and I think I haven't bought my ticket yet I met, missed the little deadline where you could get a cheaper ticket if you buy it by a certain date right after the convention but I think it's on my docket and I think I'm going to try and get to Torino Italy uh, in 2025. And I think, Matt, you should come with. We shall see. We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. We'll, we'll see play this call. episode if, back in listen, three years. <laughs> third time's a charm, right? I think last time it was in Italy, they had called me to go and do it. It was in mm -hmm. Italy before this one? Yeah. Or was it two before this one? I don't know. I it don't was, know. Anyway, yeah. Um, and then this time, so like maybe third time's a charm. If 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 an organizer says, "Hey, we want you to come to this thing," hmm, maybe I'll maybe I'll buckle down and create some kind of lecture or something. Yeah, or perform in a gala show. Yeah, that's so much harder for me though. <laughs> no, yeah. it is. It Having is having the shorter, like, yeah, shorter time frame. Well, it's like. Uh, 
Yeah. It's really, first of all, difficult. It's like travel internationally. Like a lot of the things, I don't know. It's difficult because how much, what am I going to bring? How much stuff? How many Mm -hmm. people? You know what I mean? Like it becomes a logistical sort of like thing that's like, I want it to be fun. Right. Exactly. And like, I don't. I, I'm not like a magic convention performer, so like like Danny is, right? So he has all these things that like magicians want to see and love. Like I perform for lay people on a nightly basis. Like I have things that for, you for know. the for the gala shows though, they're the, I think the audience is just looking to be entertained because they're they're again they're watching lectures and they're watching competitions all day. Mm-hmm. I think they just want something fun, and I don't think you have to put that much pressure on yourself to try and be like magician fooler. I think. You just doing you is going to be a breath of fresh air uh, for just having fun and enjoying themselves. Yeah, it stresses you know? me out thinking yeah. about that. But you might be right. It stresses mm-hmm. me out thinking about it. Um, I well, also we'll don't we'll like I, ne- I, I, I don't think I flourish in like we've talked about like the difficulty of short form. Like, right. Yeah, you know, doing harder. 10 minutes or 15 minutes. It's not my mm-hmm. strength, I don't think. But I think you'll have a blast, though. I think you will. Well, that's why I thought find maybe a way my loophole could be the lecture thing. Because they always ask me to do, like, both. Right, right. So, like, maybe I could get away with the right. lecture side. Yeah, that'd be fun. But I need something to talk about. Well, we have three years to figure it out. <laughs> why don't we do it together? We could. What if we did a live Mind Over Magic podcast? At that could Visit? be fun. Yeah, that could be fun. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Matt, um, we are wrapping up. Let's get to goals. Yeah. I, oh, I said the one thing that I am going to do next time I go to FISM is plan a little extra days on either side because I didn't know how intensive. Like uh, someone described to me FISM as Burning Man, which would have been a great analogy if I've ever been to Burning Man. But <laughs> they said uh, you get what you put into it. So you can go to all the competitions. And I did. Right. I, I was up late at night and getting up early 8 a.m. for the competition. So mm-hmm. I was pretty exhausted. So I didn't get to see much of Quebec City. Uh, but if I go to Italy in three years, I'm going to try and plan a trip either before or after so I can, you know, see the city as well. <laughs> so, right. Uh, good tip for those of you traveling and going to these types of conventions. But, Matt, let's jump over to our goals. Mm-hmm. Did you c- accomplish your goal, which was um- to reorganize all your magic? I, I, that has not changed since we last spoke. No, but I'm, I'm. I mean, a lot of it's already done, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot to be done. So, yes, let's just uh, keep that. Roll that over. We'll roll that over. All right, that's, that's a good a, idea. Okay, we've anything, never done that before. Anything else you want to add to it? No. Okay, great. I was you? I was gonna learn more Q Labs. Haven't touched it since. All right, I've been tired, <laughs> but. Uh, I, you know, I did organize a lot of my apartment and cleaned a lot of it. I even put together a whole bookshelf, Matt. Are, are you like retroactively setting a goal? You're just talking about things you did and claiming they were your goals from last week now? Yeah, but I'm also complaining because I filled a whole bookshelf already and now I need another bookshelf. <laughs> like like I, for more books, you mean? I have too many books, Matt, and I'm running yeah. out of space in my tiny New York apartment. <laughs> no, that's part of my organization yeah. thing, too. I need a place for all the books because I knocked down a bookshelf. It's funny. You put one up. We knock one down. Yeah. And like now I need to like create a new book area. Well, it's the law of relative bookshelves. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly because you put one up. One had to be getting knocked down yeah. somewhere in the world. It's There's just... only so many bookshelves. <laughs> it just happened to be mine. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, check out check out Eric's uh, MUM magazine. Oh, right. Yeah, I was gonna say Q Labs. I'll carry over, but also, yeah, um, work on. Oh, the AGT acts that now that are um, that now that they're going into the live rounds. I'm gonna go back and watch the ones that are actually right. competing. So that's the ongoing. So those are my goals, AGT acts, and we'll talk about that. But yeah, Matt, my MUM came yeah, out. Yeah, this will be. Uh, I guess we call it a plug. Whatever we talked about it last week, but it means so much more when you actually see the spread yeah two two full pages uh four pages technically but uh two two page spreads oh it looked great the, the photos are great picture of you on kelly and ryan is and stuff and you know stuff that your friend said about you all of it's very cool including you so thank you for your quote no you, you know what i was more than happy to do that but it was great to see other people writing in there too but mm-hmm. um, it's so cool to just even be part of the part of your story part of each other's story you absolutely know? yeah very very cool and, the, and yeah, the kind of the bent of the article is how, you know, supporting each other. A lot of these articles are very focused on, you know, look at me and what I did. But I tried to, at least in this interview, be like, you know, I've been there to support my friends and have friends that support me. And that's kind of, you know, a, I think a refreshing take. Yeah, um, look, uh, David did a, a great job writing yep, it. David Corsero wrote the yep. article. Uh, decided to feature me, so I thank him as well. Amazing photos from friends, all credited as well. Uh, but here's the interesting thing, Matt. Um, I have a lot of muggles or non-magic people who are like, how do I get a copy? How do I read? Have you had this issue with your magic magazines as well? Because there's secrets in these magazines. Well, I mean, the real answer <laughs> is I, I don't have an answer for them. I don't know how they get the magazines. Right? Do you? So, so this is what I was thinking, and I'm going to just spitball this on air. Um because there's an article I wrote after the article I posted on social media that has some secrets and techniques that I use. And I don't want that getting out to lay people per se. So I'm thinking, though, we do have a Patreon here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thinking maybe I scan the cover article and the David Corsaro article with the two two page spread that's just about, you know, biographical information and me and my career and all my friends. And we put that for free up on the Patreon. Oh, yeah, of course. And then for people who are actually patrons, maybe they can read my comedy three-way article. That sounds awesome. Do you I like that, that idea? idea? Absolutely. I right. love that idea. So give me a few days to get that all together, but uh, look for that soon on uh, uh, Patreon. And which, speaking of, you can visit our Patreon. Look at that transition, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patreon.com slash mind over magic podcast and for those of you who still don't know how to spell it p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash mind over magic podcast and uh speaking of we should thank our amazing producers who are over there supporting the show so let's give it up for dr bob baker james dawson and jesse miller and if you want to be a producer you can join at that highest tier and uh get your name read in this episode so thank you so much for your support we truly appreciate it yeah, we do. And this really is a lot of fun, man. I could have done another hour with you right now. It really is a good time. So thanks for doing it with me. I have plugs coming up, too. I have a lot of public shows. We haven't done plugs yet. But um, right now, I am just was added to Speakeasy for the rest of the week. So uh, tonight, you will not be able to catch this because this episode comes out tomorrow. <laughs> Did you but, guys uh, catch that, by the way? Did anyone catch that just now? What? I just told you I could do another hour with you, how much I appreciate you. And he goes, oh, I got some plugs. Oh, I didn't hear you got garbled <laughs> on my end. Matt, thank you so much. I would do another hour with you. <laughs> I go, I could, I, listen, I could have sat here with for another hour with you, man. You really are a great guy. And he goes, I got some stuff to plug. <laughs> 
I thought the love was already uh, implied. <laughs> I already talked about you in the article. What more do you want from me, man? I'm busting you up. Go ahead. Plug uh, your stuff. Sorry, I was going through the show notes. <laughs> um, no, no, no. It is, it is always a great time to uh, talk with you every week. and uh, This is why we keep doing it after 100 and the epi- episodes. Just do your plugs. <laughs> you're you're upset now. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, I am gonna be at Speakeasy Magic tonight. Also tomorrow night uh, when this dro- or when this drops on the fifth. Also the sixth. Also the twelfth. So you can check that out. Um, I'm also gonna be at Monday Night Magic here in New York on the fifteenth of August. You can catch me at Comics uh, doing Jim Spinato's show on awesome. the twenty eighth. And then speaking of David Crisero, he runs his uh, Magic in a Bottle show one, once a month, and I'm going to be performing on that on the 30th, Tuesday the 30th. So all of those links are on my link tree. Uh, if you go to my Instagram account or my Twitter, uh, you can click my link tree and see tickets to where you can purchase all that. Great. And Plus other shows as well. T- yeah, go ahead, Matt. Sorry. T- sorry. Tickets for Magic Reinvented Nightly in Las Vegas. The current iteration of the show will be running through the rest of 2022 with uh, exciting changes on the way after that. But uh, so, so come and see it, uh, the current iteration, while you can, running for the next five months or so. And then exciting new stuff coming for the, uh, for the new year. So mattfranco.com for your tickets. So we're going to post those um, the dropping silver balls onto our social media. I've been a little um, uh, behind on our social media just because I've been pretty busy, but I'm going to try and get that back up, get more clips. Uh, so follow us at MindMagicPod across the board on our socials. And I think we've done it, Matt. Have we plugged everything? We've done it all. We've done it. We've thanked our patrons. You can visit our website. Thank you to Alex for our website, MindOverMagicPodcast.com. And uh, now the episode is over. Take care. Bye-bye.